Front office, please hold. Coming to you live from the front office podcast studios, live from my basement, we have another special guest segment. And this week is a special one for me. Normally, we've been talking to athletes in, you know, involved in professional amateur sport. We're talking to GMs, executives, coaches, all that kind of great stuff, um, all of which that we have some type of connection with. But this week, we're talking to family. So the guest that I have brought on this week is none other than former university football star turned graduate student with a master's degree from Kent University over in England, Phil Eloki. Phil, what's going on, brother? I'm good. I'm good, Coach. Uh, how are you? This is, uh, this is interesting to be talking to you from, uh, from this perspective. Usually it's, usually it's from uh, a, a coach's player's perspective. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but coming from a, a podcaster to an interviewer perspective is definitely interesting. And, uh, I appreciate you having, having me on. I'm very, very excited to, to, to get started. Honestly, man, it's, uh, it's reciprocal because not only is this a great opportunity for us to, you know, do an interview back and forth from a different perspective, like you were saying, but it's great for us to catch up a little bit because you've been across Absolutely. the pond for the last little bit and I haven't been able to see you. So it's uh, yeah. it's very good to to see your face and see you back uh, back at home. Yeah, no, uh, it's been good. Like we kind of spoke about briefly offline. It's nice to come back and be with my family, be with my uh, reconnect with uh, with some friends here in Ontario, especially since uh, obviously some of the COVID measures have, have sort of relaxed. So coming back and being able to enjoy some time with my family and hopefully see you soon. Um, it, it, it's it's all been very good. I'm very excited for sure. That's an absolute must that we'll see each other. But, uh, you know, like you were saying, mom's cooking obviously makes it uh, makes it that much better whenever you're coming. Can't beat too, that. You right? can't you can't duplicate that. Absolutely not. <laughs> Fantastic. So the reason why we wanted to have you on tonight is because, again, we've spoken about so many different topics in the sports world in regards to behind the scenes stuff pulling the curtain back from an athlete's perspective, from a coach's perspective, really giving our listeners a, you know, a live look into the mindset of an athlete. The reason why your story is so important to me, and I wanted to do this for a long time, is because you are the prime example of all the stuff that goes on you know, beyond the sport. So not only is it important to understand what an athlete goes through from a time management perspective and all that goes into that kind of, you know, good stuff, but, you know, I'm talking about the off the field stuff, family commitments. I'm talking about volunteer work. I'm talking about, you know, education. And obviously you're kind of an expert at all of these things because from a young age, this is what you've had to do. And you've had this on your plate and your mindset's been razor sharp, you know, since the get go. So, Maybe what I'll get started with. So you and I go back a long ways. We've known each other for uh, for a good span of time now, um, over ten years, if you believe it or not. So, you know, I, I want Dude, you that's to, crazy. I know, I know. So I want you to start off and take me through what got you into sports in general, and you can go into football or whatever it may be, and and maybe mm-hmm. you know the impact that your family had on you during that time. 
Yeah, no, so that's an awesome question. Um, I mean, starting off playing football with the uh, with the Nepean Eagles, my first year was in grade five. I initially tried out in grade four for the team. I made it, but uh, we kind of had some back and forth with my mom who wasn't too interested in the idea of me playing, you know, a physical tackling sports. So it's actually, <laughs> it's a crazy story, but I remember I made, there's a, we used to have mini camps, right? Yep. And uh, you're just out there in shorts and t-shirts. And I made that, I passed it with flying colors. And then the next week we're supposed to go pick up our equipment, our pads. And my mom, who's from, you know, uh, Congo and Central Africa, when she heard football, she thought it was soccer. So when I told her, oh yeah, mom, we have to go pick up equipment. She's like, wait, what? You already have cleats. Like what other equipment, what other equipment do you need to go pick up? And when I told her, uh, we have to go get shoulder pads and helmets. She's like, yeah, I know you're not doing this. Um, so then that was super disappointing because a lot of my friends at this point at St. Luke's elementary school, we had a couple of guys in my grade that were all playing and uh, I had to let them, it was, I remember I cried for like a full day and I had to let them know that I wasn't going to come out for the team because my mom wasn't going to let me, it was kind of embarrassing, but it took a, it took a whole year of convincing. And I think, I, I mean, not that I got uh, massively bigger or stronger or anything, but I think after a year of sort of developing and like my mom saw that was, you know, a growing healthy boy who could maybe, uh, you know, handle uh, the, the, the physical contact and physical sports she allowed me to play. Um, so my first year was, was grade five and uh, I never, never really looked back uh, uh, since. And that's the interesting part too, because it really all started with my friends and um, I, we'll, we'll get into this a little later, I, I assume, but um, fast forwarding a little, when I decided that I wasn't going to, um, play at the next level, uh, play the, in the CFL. And a lot of people were surprised. My whole uh, initial thinking with that was always that I always played football because of my friends. You know, the only reason I played football was to build relationships um, and to just enjoy as much fun times as I could with my best friends. So even starting all the way back in, in grade five, playing with the Nipene Eagles, the only reason I, I enlisted on the team was because my really good friends in, in my grade were playing. Um, and I wanted to get closer with them. I wanted to share some cool memories with them. Um, so linking that with my bro with my family, uh, it's interesting because obviously my younger brother Ono and my uh, younger brother Yanis, they both uh, ended up playing, and that became a really cool experience of us just like sharing this sharing this really cool uh, sharing this I guess like gift or whatnot that we were all uh, yeah. decently good at, and it became very very competitive, which is which is always nice. Um, we're, I think we're, we're naturally competitive people in general. So oh, yeah. whether it's playing board games or it's uh, school or whether it's whatever the activity activity was growing up, it was definitely a, a competitive household, but now the opportunity to, to have like, uh, how do I explain, have like a real, like real life situation that we can actually analyze. It was, was like super huge for us. You know what I mean? Like we, I would be able to uh, go watch his games. And then after he, he was finished, I'd be like, okay, I had a better game than you, or, oh, you, uh, you had a better game than me, uh, or, you know, he beat me out or whatever. And we had these like tangible things that we could look at and uh, like look at each other's performances and really like analyze, you know, and as competitive as it was, it was like also a really like fruitful and like healthy thing because we all got better. It definitely um, brought us closer. Um, and it, and it was great because even my, my mom, like I said at the beginning, my mom did not enjoy us or did not like the idea of us playing uh, a football. 
and just because of the contact and everything. But she became our biggest supporter and our biggest fan. She never missed a game. Even when I went out to play Carlton, she was there at every single home game, every single uh, NCAFA game, every single OVFL um, um, home game. So it became interesting, right? She she started off as super uh, hesitant and, you know, became our our, our, our our biggest fan. So even, even this is funny, but when, our, when my dad, if we ever had a, a tough period at school or a tough stretch at school when we were doing well or we weren't doing what we we're supposed to do, my dad would always threaten us with like, okay, uh, if you keep this up, then no football or whatnot. And <laughs> I remember a couple of times it almost got pretty serious where he's like, okay, you guys are done. And my mom would, my mom was, became our biggest kind of supporter because she understood how much, uh, how much it meant to us. And, and selfishly, I think she enjoyed it. She enjoyed it for herself as well, being able to come out and watch and cheer and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's kind of wrap that question all up. It's, uh, it's, it's really interesting how this one sport, this one activity can, can bring a whole, uh, uh, can really kind of unify the family, unify a group for sure. Absolutely. And, and I mean, what you're saying is exactly the, the definition of it's bigger than just the sport, you know, absolutely. What, what it does is brings, you know, families together. And again, you know, much like your family, people who maybe don't have a background with the sport of, you know, if you want to say yeah. American or Canadian football. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, and this isn't just saying that it's a football perspective, it's any sport in general, but you know, the fact yeah. that, you know, your mom and your dad were as involved as they were, and they were kind of, you know, the good cop, bad cop when it came down to it. I think that really set a good precedent for, for the whole family. And then obviously mm-hmm. you kind of being the first one to go through it, you were kind of the guinea pig that would make it easier for the younger brothers and, uh, and whatnot to go through it as well. So absolutely. So moving on to that, I mean, you mentioned that, that your family's originally from the Congo and, yep. you know, again, for, for people who, you know, who are listening to this, this mm-hmm. just goes to show that, you know, no matter where people are from, no matter their background, yep. there is a place in any type of you know amateur sport for somebody. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that you, you know, went through the whole paces of, you know, having to, you know, dip your toe into the, into the football pool very slowly. So that way your mom could get, you know, accustomed to, to being the, you know, the, uh, how do you want to put this, the football parent. Um, what role did you take off the field in making sure that, you know, maybe if, you know, mom or dad were working or, you know, didn't have their ear to the ground of, you know, everything that was going on at school with you or your brothers or your sister, you know, what role did you take in making sure that everybody kept on the straight and narrow? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So a quick, like a quick, uh, summary about my family for, um, my dad, is, is based in Congo for the most part of the year as, as obviously coach Kirkwood, you know, yep. so my mom, my mom takes a huge, uh, a huge burden for sure. And just in terms of like a leadership position. So playing football or playing any, um, any sports outside of school for the most part, any playing any sorts of activity outside of school was not really like recommended when we were growing up, you know, because I think my, there's, there's a, there's a certain fear with my mom that she didn't really, uh, she kind of feared. She kind of feared uh, losing. I don't want to say losing control of us, but she worked so hard to make sure that we were we were all okay and that we were we grew up to be nice people and we grew up to take school seriously and all that stuff. And I think a part of her was a little nervous about letting us go into the community and um, kind of put her trust in other people's in other people's hands. Um, 
so when she finally allowed, when she allowed us to play football and she allowed us to take it seriously and continue to kind of move up the ranks with that, I think it became our res- our responsibility. Not only myself as the eldest boy, but Yanis, Ono, everyone, we kind of had to take, we understood the sacrifice that she was making. And we understood that, okay, if we want to keep this up, then we have to make sure that we're on our P's and Q's, whether that be uh, making sure that we're uh, handling schoolwork, making sure that we're not, uh, that we're be- behaving appropriately, making sure yeah. that we're not causing too many headaches. Um, so it kind of became a collective effort and it was, it became much easier for me to, cause I mean, anyone with younger siblings knows that it's not that easy. Uh, it's not always, uh, it's not always like rainbows and butterflies when you're trying to be <laughs> a, a, a dis- disciplinarian, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of had to balance that. I kind of had to understand how to balance that as well. You know, especially with my dad not being around all the time, it became interesting, right? If uh, my younger brother, Yanis, was, you know, misbehaving or whatnot, sometimes he doesn't want to hear his older brother yell at him or, or discipline him because uh, who am I? You know what I mean? In, yeah. in his eyes, especially as he grows into his, his teenage years. But with football, the beautiful thing is that I, it made it much easier for me to be like, yo, hey, come on, you got to step up because if you don't step up, you know what happens. Or, hey, you know what? You can't continue developing as a football player if, if this and this aren't uh, on a priority. So, Football became a really, really good excuse, honestly, to to kind of lift that burden off my off uh, off my off my parents or off my mom specifically, and off me myself. Um, so just taking that leadership or putting the leadership positions in the hands of football essentially made it uh, made it made it really cool, and 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 uh, it kind of gave us a goal that okay, if we want to make sure that we keep rising through these ranks, if we want to make sure that we keep progressing, we we have to make sure that we're on our p's and q's and and all and all other aspects. For sure. And, and I mean, seeing it firsthand, all the things mm-hmm. that you did for your family mm-hmm. during that time, I mean, it, it was something special to see, especially at such a young age, because I mean, we met when yeah. you were 13 years old. And, yeah. and the fact that you had that on your shoulders and were willing to accept that and take it on is, yeah. it, it was, is beyond special for, for someone that age. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're growing up, you want to, you know, live your own life and experience your own experiences. Sure. But, you know, but you're able to do that while also making sure that, you know, your, you know, your brothers and sister are taken care of and you help your mom as much as possible. So again, anyone who, who really, you know, understood what Phil was saying there, you know, you, you don't understand how much sacrifice and effort goes into it, not only from, you know, his parents' perspective, but from his perspective. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. and so again, of course, sorry, I just want to interrupt. I just want to interrupt you for a quick second because sure. we kind of, Sorry, I hope I'm not hung out of, uh, going on a tangent here, but we kind of, you, <laughs> you said the word like development at the start of, of the question. And I think that was really huge because I mentioned how my, my mom was, was a little nervous about kind of putting uh, her trust in other people to kind of, you know, be mentors and that kind of stuff to, towards us. And that's a big reason why I love you so much. You know, I know we've kind of spoken about it here and there, but I mean, Coach Kirkwood, for, who, for those who don't know, um, we started off together when I was in uh when i was 13 or whatnot and you know it wasn't all just me being uh, a super nice uh super smart school uh academic you know it wasn't all butterflies and and rainbows there's definitely some times where he had to like to, to straighten me up and that kind of stuff i really appreciated because i think that that sort of development and that sort of mentorship role lacks in in today's um, recreational activities you know, if I didn't have you in my corner, if I didn't have you asking questions that weren't sports related, I don't think that mindset would have carried carried away um, at home, you know, because as much as my mom could say, hey, Phil, if you don't do well in school, if you don't do this and that, then 
Um, you're not going to play. Sometimes hearing it from a different voice is definitely uh, definitely sometimes means more, you know, because you're you're at home all the time. You're you're constantly hearing from your mom, and sometimes yeah. it becomes kind of white noise, especially when you're a teenager. You're growing up. You think you know everything. You think you know what it takes to be a high level um, student <laughs> athlete, and I. I I, I don't know, right? At this point, I don't know. And at this point, my mom doesn't know as well, right? Who like yeah. she doesn't know anything about this? So having uh, having yourself, you know, who is an excellent student at the University of Ottawa, went on to play professional sports to be like, hey, no, no, like you know, if you want to keep moving, you have to do like this and this. And so for for that, I appreciate. I know you know how much I appreciate you, but I, I think it was it was critical that I kind of highlight that, especially when you brought up the, especially with the the aspect of developments, you know. Well, again, man, you know, much appreciated. And, you know, it's, it's something that you don't really even think about when you're, when you're doing it at the time. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know that I had a lot of influential people in, in my career, you know, going up mm-hmm. to, to where, you know, I was able to live out, you know, a lot of my dreams and aspirations on the, on the playing field and academically. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you pay it forward and you make sure that you're passing it on to, you know, to people who show, you know, the willingness to, to work, you know, and sacrifice and, uh, and really make something of themselves. So, I mean, you know, the fact that we were able to identify that in each other, I think from the get-go really, you know, established that relationship and that bond that, uh, that's still Absolutely. strong to this day. So, um, for sure. So again, you know, very kind words from yourself and, uh, you know, you say excellent student athlete, I, I wouldn't really go that far, but, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll just say that I got my degree and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. I hear you. I hear you. So it's actually a good segue because you know, obviously, mm-hmm. you were talented enough that you were able to take your talents to a post-secondary institution, and mm-hmm. you know, we haven't really highlighted it a lot, but it's kind of fitting because last week we, you know, one of the episodes of the show we talked about mm-hmm. rebuilding a college football program, and DOC. There's so many things. See, look at my man Phil's listening to the show. So anyone who's not for sure, come on now, come on, gotta tune in, gotta tune in. But come on now, for anybody who doesn't know the absolute gauntlet of scheduling that it takes to be a collegiate athlete, I really want Phil to give it a breakdown right now because, again, we're talking about off the field commitments already when you're playing amateur sports and you're playing, you know, um, entry level football. Now we're moving into the, you know, the phase of, okay, well, now I've got, you know, schoolwork. I've got uh, a full slate of practices, game film, you know, workouts, um, you know, study hall. And I need to work because I need to make yep. money while I'm going to school. So I want, yep. you to, I want you to take us through, you know, if you can remember this, I know you're getting old, so your memory might no, be No, I got you. I still, I'm, I'm, I'm cringing about the schedule right now. I was just, I was just explaining this. There you go. Can you take us through, during football season, what is it like on a day-to-day basis for a student athlete from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed? Okay, so there's, def- there's definitely, there's like three sections, I would say, right? The first would be your off-season in the summer. And then there'd be in season uh, when you're obviously uh, actually no yes 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 sorry there's a the summer uh, the off season <laughs> right there's the there's the in, see, in see, season I told, you're get, I told you you're getting old man I know I know I'm losing I'm like wait I'm like wait what how's it working <laughs> but then there's the in season right you're playing uh, regular season games and all that stuff and then yep. there's the uh, postseason training so like the winter and you're going to school so I'll kind of break down uh, the in season so if I remember correctly. Um, 
this is this is this is the bare minimum, by the way. Uh, maybe after all, I'll explain what the uh, <laughs> the extra uh, extra work looks like. But the bare minimum, for the most part, is usually have waking up around seven thirty or whatnot, having an eight thirty class, depending on where you live, obviously, and all this stuff. Having an eight thirty class, um, and then potentially having a second class that day. So eight thirty, eleven thirty, and then maybe eleven thirty to two thirty if you're unlucky. Um, and then after that catching a quick snack if you can um running to the facility for around 3 15 and that's when you start your um position meetings or uh, yeah position meetings and that usually goes on for uh, 45 minutes to an hour and then you run into specialty meetings that usually go for another 45 minutes to an hour and then your practices uh, at Carlton, we, uh, we started around 6, 6.15, if I'm not mistaken. And then you're on the field for a good, uh, good two hours. Get off the field around 8.30 when you're having a bad day, sometimes like 8.45 or whatnot. Jump in the shower. Um, at, this point, at this point, it's around 9 o'clock. And then obviously, like, like I said, depending on where, depending on where you live, Get home. Try your best to, you know, get a meal. Get a meal together. Uh, you have to review your. You have to review like lectures, depending on when when exams are and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you basically kind of do it uh, all over again the next day. But you know what's interesting? The most, uh, the off season is where I find it to be like more stressful than in season, because in the off season it feels like since there's no games, it feels like there's almost this like void where people don't know. It's like, okay, there's, they have all this free time. So maybe we should just like fill it up with random stuff. Like I remember my first real winter off season. I thought it was like a, a, a prank or something. I thought somebody had like, I thought it was a joke. They sent us the schedule. And uh, I remember one, one of my days, looked, uh, this is the winter, by the way, this is Canada. So depending on where you live at, you have to hurdle the snow banks, all this kind of stuff. So you're, you're, wake, you're waking up sometimes 6 a.m. for, um, 7 a.m. runs, right? And this is in the freezing cold for 7 a.m. Yep. runs. Yep. And then you have an eight, you have an 8:30 class potentially. And then after your 8:30 class, uh, you might have another class, but say you don't have another class, you obviously try your best to try to uh, uh, get a quick snack and then review your notes, uh, prepare for uh, next week's class, prepare the exams, uh, right? You have your little academic block that you um, that you schedule. Sometimes um, the coaches will schedule that for for you, right? Like uh, you have to go meet with a academic advisor and whatnot and then we used to have uh winter position meetings or position practices so yeah. uh, me as a receiver and the other receivers we go spend an hour in the field house we're lucky at carlton have a field house and go run around for an hour and then potentially you might have a lift later that day so it was it was it was it was <laughs> hectic and like it's just this feeling of constantly feeling like sore and all so and not even mention uh you know, that's the bare minimum, right? So, yeah. Say you're say you're involved in any uh, clubs. Say you're involved. Say you have to. Uh, say you want to work. Obviously, especially in the offseason, guys want to work, make some money, all that stuff. There's no. Uh, obviously, coach is going to be lenient depending on your situation and depending on what school you go to. But for the most part, you, football and school comes first. So whatever you want to do after that, whether it's work, whether it's get involved in um, school clubs. Um, even sometimes to the detriment of your academics, um, <laughs> you have to, you have to fulfill your, 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 your athletic duties. You know what I mean? And on a normal day at Carlton, that was like three commitments in, in one day. Right. So you're looking at your, your morning runs and potentially, um, a, a position practice 
and a another lift in the in the um, in uh, in the day. So it's definitely uh, a, it's definitely stressful. It's, it definitely challenges how it definitely challenges your your organizational skills and your commitment level. Because think about it, um, if you have if it's a Thursday and you don't have class at all, and you live off campus. It takes a lot of determination and a lot of strength for somebody to be like, okay, I don't have any actual obligation to come into school today yeah. because I don't have any classes, but I have to, like, guys would spend, it's, it's wild, man. Guys would spend <laughs> from 7 a.m. in the morning. Like, think about this. If, you're, if, you're, if you haven't played, you know, um, sports at the university level, just imagine this. Imagine not having class, right? And you living in Barhaven or you living in Canada or Orleans or whatever, and not having class that day, but having to go into the University of Ottawa or whatever for 7 a.m. and potentially not leave campus till 5 o'clock just because of, uh, you know, athletic obligations. It, yeah. it, to exp, exp, I remember explaining that to some of my friends that they were just thinking, that's just, that's wild. Like, I don't know how you do it. Every year <laughs> in the winter, be like, I don't know how you do it. My friends would be going off the library and all stuff, and they'd be like, uh, it's it's wild. But yeah, that's that's the bare minimum. But yeah. Hundred percent, and and I mean, yeah. it, it's it's great that things haven't changed that much since uh, since, since I was playing. But uh, no, it's the same. You, you know, when you look at the commitments that you have, you're not even mentioning yeah. all the stuff that we were just talking about earlier, which is all the home stuff. So yeah, you know, making sure that your you know your brothers and sisters are doing their homework, making sure that yeah. you know your mom's not overwhelmed with making dinner and all that kind of good stuff. So you know. It's no joke. And for anyone who thinks that it's, you know, to use your, your definition of it, you know, anyone that thinks mm. that it's all sunshine and roses yeah, and that yeah. you just show up and you get treated like a king or a queen and you roll yeah. out there on game day and everything's great. There's a lot of hard no. work and sacrifice that does not, you know, get seen. So uh, that's an know, excellent point. Cause, and you have, people have to understand too. It's only like to individuals that finish their full career right that play their full four years of the full five years it's really a huge even if you never stepped a single down on the football field like right if you weren't a high level player when not, you were just a practice say you were a practice ball player for five years or whatever yep. it's a huge honor to be able to finish your career as a, a student athlete because of course every year you're only playing you only have the right to play eight games right eight regular season games that's it yeah. So you're playing eight weeks, pot potentially eight weeks of football. And then the rest of the calendar year, you're still expected to maintain the same um, commitment, the same grueling schedule, all, all for eight games, eight games that you potentially might not even play. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a huge honor to when you're able to, to, to finish out a career. Absolutely. And, and I mean, again, kudos to all those student athletes who are for sure. putting in that time, putting in that work and that effort that maybe goes unseen to the, to, to the untrained eye. But at the end, they're leaving with you know a degree, and they're leaving with a sense yeah. of camaraderie with their teammates that they would never have if they didn't make those sacrifices and commitments. Oh, 100 so, wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Absolutely, and and I mean, again, thank you so much for for that very in depth breakdown because again, you know, I, I when you're talking about it, I'm I'm envisioning all that stuff. You know, back when yeah. back when I was a young lad in in university, yeah. and I mean, you know, you you're at the facility all day, and you know, I think every athlete has has this you always have that one spot where you know you can go and catch some shut-eye, you know, during the day Yeah, on yeah, campus. yeah. Everybody has their corner. Everybody yeah. has a corner. Whether that yeah. be in the in the football or, you know, hockey or soccer locker room, whether that be in the training, yeah. you know, the training um, area, you know, 
yeah. whether it be the library, you know, sometimes you can get to some pretty yeah, no, quiet and remote places yeah. there too. So um, you get to know the campus very well. And, uh, and again, you know, you, if you want to know where anything is on campus, ask an athlete. Ask a student athlete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll, be, they'll tell facts. you. They'll tell you. That's facts. Um, all right. So now that we've, you know, kind of got that established. So now, mm-hmm. again, you may mention that, you know, you, you were able to, you know, parlay your on-field success at university into getting drafted into this uh, Canadian football mm-hmm. league. And again, I, I know what that was like for you. I know that whole, you know, cause again, you and I were kind of talking the whole week leading up to that. And then, you know, the day of, yep. you can kind of briefly yep. take us through that, but what I really wanted to get into was you mentioned that, you know, people were surprised when you chose not to pursue that as a career and instead went after yep. your master's degree. So yeah, what I want is a brief synopsis of, you know, kind of going through that. Because, again, everybody's got their story, their draft story. and yeah. But what I really want to know is, you know, the decision to not pursue a career playing professional sports and to go and do something that a lot of people would look at as saying, well, you could do that after you're finished playing, which is going after yeah. another set of education. So, yeah. you know, take us through that and then really touch on how your experience was getting your master's degree, especially – you know, at a very prestigious university overseas. All right. Yeah, no. Uh, so it's actually a really interesting story, especially the day of the draft. Um, I had watched the first round, or maybe I'll backtrack a little. So leading up to, actually, maybe I'll backtrack a little more. Sorry. But even <laughs> during, like, in TAFA or OVFL, like I said at the beginning of the, of the show, I genuinely only played football because I – had I had the opportunity to play with my friends, right? Yeah. In elementary school, I my best friend Harrison Talio at the time was quarterback for the Nepean Eagles, and I'm like, okay, I want to play with him, and I want to get closer with him, so I'm gonna go play um, football. And then I just like, thank God, I was naturally able to just develop and get better and better, but also make more and more friends and more and more relationships. And then my brothers looking at it, and they got interested. So then it became like, okay, like, this is what we're gonna do, right? And yep. brought us closer. If I would have played. If uh, I'm sure, I always say this. I'm sure if uh, my friend Harrison at the time was playing basketball or like chess or swimming, I'm sure we'd probably be at the same stage, but just talking about a different sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so when it grow, uh, growing up, especially during OVFL or uh, Ontario provincial football, for those who don't know, when I was, um, that's like pretty, that's a high level football at the time, right? When you're in high school, and obviously a lot of guys have dreams, dreams and aspirations to go play at the CFL or NFL or or go D1 or whatnot. Yep. Um, so when those conversations would always start up, I always knew from a somewhat young age, because when those conversations would spark up on the bus, on road trips and everything, and people are talking about, oh, one to go play the CFL, I was always like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, oh, okay, yeah. And the guys are talking about, oh, yeah, we got to go do this, and then we're going to go play CFL. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. And then I remember just realizing, yeah, like, I don't think that's what I want to do, because I don't think I, like, I don't think that's what I love. Like, I don't think that's what I would, I, I envision myself doing, right? When I look at myself in the future, I don't see myself as a CFL uh, football player. Anyway, so you kind of blink your eyes and then you're, you're fourth year, you're fourth year university student and you're getting in like that's that draft season or whatnot. It goes by really fast, right? And t- uh, teams are starting to, to, to call and coaches are trying to ask about you and stuff. So it's interesting because I to- every team that called me, I spoke to every single, almost every single CFL. Yeah, every single CFL team contacted me some way or somehow, right? Yep. And every team I told them, hey, I really appreciate the opportunity, but like that's not something I'm looking to do. Um, 
And the only team I didn't talk to or the only team I didn't reach out was Toronto. <laughs> so the day of the draft, the day of the draft, I remember I watched the first round, the first couple of rounds, because obviously I have a bunch of friends that are, you know, wishing or hoping to get their names called and it's just supporting the guys or whatnot. And at this point I'm like, oh, okay, like that's, it's set in stone. Like I already told uh, people what the deal was and that I was going to go play. So I wasn't really expecting anything. And then I remember I went to, uh, I went to, uh, I went to bed and I was like, oh man, I forgot my charger. So I got up, went to the bathroom, clicked on my charger, and I got a text from one of my former uh one of my former teammates, Jacob Spinella, who plays played at Hey, congrats, he sessions, by the way, or whatever. And then I'm I'm like, oh boy. I just knew right away. It was like 10 o'clock at night. I, I'm like, oh, here we go. And then uh yeah, and then I went on Twitter and I saw that. Uh, I've been selected by the Argos or whatnot, and everybody's sending me congratulations text. Sorry, I kind of went on a, a long tangent, but that's the kind of that's how that day developed. Okay. Yeah. And then in terms of why, in terms of why I didn't pursue it, I think I kind of said it in the first part, but I genuinely only played football because of my friends. Like, if if you could have told me, oh yeah, the rest of the Carlton football team is gonna join the CFL with you, I'd be like, oh okay, cool, I'm there. Like, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm there in, in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? But yeah, but when I was, but like my best year ever playing football, my two favorite years ever playing football. The first one was the 2000. Uh, coach, you might have a better memory. Like, when did we go to the championship and lose to Cambridge? What year was that? Uh, 2013. Yeah. 2013. So that year when we lost to Cambridge and uh, my second year at Carlton, when I wasn't, I wasn't even playing, but the guys on the team were just so good. Like those two years were my favorite memories uh, playing football. And that's just, when I think of football, that's all I think about, man. Those bus rides, obviously like you think about the fun plays and stuff, but it's all the stuff that happened after the games and all the stuff that happened. Playing was a huge interest of mine. I always knew from a young age, not because my parents were, but I always, I always wanted to do more school because I generally found it, and from when I was there, I, I wasn't particularly like good in school, right? It, it took it, it took a lot of hard work for me to to get good grades. It took a lot of hard work for me to to um, to do good. So it's interesting because my development as a inter, with academics kind of started to get better and rise um, entering my grade twelve year, yep. or like grade eleven, grade twelve year, um, first year university, second year, and it kind of started that trajectory, right? Usually, it's, usually it's like okay if you're if you're, if you're not the best kind of getting into grade 10, you might struggle or whatnot. But um, yeah, so I, I remember when I, I was started growing more and more confident as I was going through the university ranks, I'm like, okay, like it felt good preparing really hard for an exam or something and doing really well. Yeah. Or it felt good, like feeling like, oh man, like I, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm not an expert, but I feel like I'm, uh, I know what I'm talking about here. And it just felt good trying really hard and, and getting really good results. You know, it, that felt better than, um, like score uh, like catching passes or whatnot yeah you know um and not to say that 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 person wasn't fun because it was obviously super super fun but I, I found more joy uh doing that other aspect uh than uh uh playing football so it to be honest it was a, a hard decision um but i think the message in it is really to just it kind of it's gonna sound a little cliche but really do what you want to do and follow your heart right so yeah. you mentioned at the start people were like oh yeah you could have went to the cfl and maybe tried it out and then went to go do uh uh went to go the post-secondary after and yeah that could have been an option but the, i think the only way that's an option is if you really love what you're doing because i'll warn this hopefully there's some bright young student athletes coming up there listening to this but playing the cfl is no joke like i don't know 
it's interesting when you talk to people because it's, there's always this comparison to the NFL, right? So they think that, okay, the CFL can't be uh, that tough or the CFL isn't this and the CFL not. People have to understand the CFL is a league, like a real life league. Mm-hmm. And if you're not committed, if you're not, if you're not putting in work, it, it's not like whatever you did in university, whatever you did in high school does not matter whatsoever. You have to be committed. Like it's a full-time job. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember I had a great, I had a bunch of, of great examples at Carlton and a bunch of other friends around the league who went on to go play or who are having successful careers and just like watching them from afar and being able to ask questions, being able to, to talk to them. I know the kind of work that goes into it. So I would never disrespect, you know, I would never disrespect the league by just thinking, Oh yeah, just because I had a great, just because I was decent at it in university, that means I can just make the jump in and, and go do it, especially when my heart isn't in it. I think that's yeah. a discredit to, uh, I think that's a huge discredit to the league, you know what I mean? Because it's not, it's, 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 it's a tough job. So, I mean, really follow what you want to follow, what you want to do, pinpoint what you are, sorry, not follow what you want to do, but pinpoint <laughs> what you're interested in and just try your best to, uh, to not let anyone kind of disturb you from, from that route. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of how that experience went. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it's, it's so admirable and refreshing to hear that perspective from somebody who went through, you know, the same schedule, the Mm -hmm. same, you know, commitments that a lot of these high level professional athletes end up going through when they're in college as well. So uh, again, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you said you just have to do what you're passionate about. And, you know, I, you know, uh, the thing that I love most about what you, what you just said in, you know, in your whole segment mm-hmm. was you didn't start out very strong in school, but you got better as you were going along because you mm-hmm. were actually putting in the time you were training for school, much like you would for football. Mm-hmm. And it was actually rewarding, right. you know, to, to do well in school. And I think that's what goes kind of overlooked a yeah, lot sure. when you talk to, you know, not only the student athletes, but students in general, it might not come easy to you. But, you know, yeah. if you work at it and you really do put no. an effort in, you'll be surprised at the kind of stuff that, you know, you can accomplish in the classroom. So, you know, that being said, I, I mean, you just came back, you, you're a master's graduate. So first of all, how does that sound? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely uh, really, really cool. Um, and it was just, it's, it was nice to get it out the way because I, I, it's funny. I, I uh, my mom and I were talking about it this past week, and it felt like yesterday. I had I was packing my bags and I was like leaving, and it goes by really fast. But it was just awesome because it's a lot of hard work, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work to whatever step you're going through, whether it's school, whether it's sports, whether it's relationships or whatever. When there's a this like when there's a pathway with numerous uh, kind of doors that you have to go through, okay, whether it's like exams or whether it's you have these games that you have to play or whatever it feels really good when you get on the other end and you, you did it successfully. Um, so it's nice to kind of just have that um, weight lifted off my shoulders and just know that at the end of it, I really made the best decision for myself. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the, that's the most rewarding part about it. Not so much about just um, obviously getting the physical piece of paper degree it, it, it is awesome. And hopefully it's going to go and it's going to go a long ways, but it's more about like, okay, here's a mission that I set myself to, to accomplish. And I, and I did it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Like you said, I had to move to, I moved to England and uh, <laughs> as, as fun as that was, Oh my God, so many, uh, so many cool experiences. A lot of them that we can only discuss offline, but, uh, <laughs> it, but you know, but it was, it was uh, obviously it was really, really cool, but 
there's also like a lot of growing pains for me. Like I, this is my first time uh, living outside the house. Um, so obviously there's just natural adjustments that I, that you have to make. When I was at the University of Carleton, I, I was, uh, I was living at home, just having to make a short commute or whatnot. So um, ha having like a goal in mind and being able to, to reach it was, is, is the, is the best feeling in the world. You know what I mean? And I know we kind of use my example of going to school as a, as a, as a, as a good thing, but I, I also say this, like if your goal is to get to the NFL or go to my younger brother, for example, I, he hasn't said this out loud to me because uh, I think he's, he's a little shy, nervous to say this to me, but I think he really wants to go play in the NFL. You know, yeah. I think he really wants to go play in the NFL or CFL. And like, I would, I am so like happy and I'm, I'm so behind him. You know what I mean? But yeah, my whole thing, my whole thing is whatever it is, whether it's school, whether it's um, playing the CFL, NFL, whatever it is, you just have to understand you, you have to make sure that you're always doing steps to march towards that goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even, uh, uh, even guys that I know that are playing in the CFL, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch the amount of work that they, they, they put in on a day-to-day -day basis and the amount of sacrifice that they put in on a day-to-day -day basis to get where they are. So um, to answer your question again, in kind of like a summary form, I, I'm ex so excited to just be done um, because I just know how much hard work I put it in. It's just like anything. It's nice to just, set a goal for yourself attain it and then and then look back at all the cool memories yeah and and i think to wrap up this interview in a mm -hmm. nice little bow I, I mean i think the message that's coming across from both of us that anyone who's listening yeah. to this can can obviously hear is you know if you follow your passion you'll never be wrong in whatever decision you make and then Absolutely. second you know, we've said it multiple times, but, you know, you mentioned your youngest brother, you know, his aspirations is to make it as far, yeah. you know, in the game of football as possible. And you're so proud of yeah. him and, and you're going to, you know, get him to that point as far as you can. And, and that just goes back to what we said at the start of the show, which is, you know, it's more than just a game, you know, no, for sure. It's something that is bringing you guys closer, even though your aspirations, you know, they, they differ. And, yeah, you know, Phil, getting to to just catch up a bit was worth it but hearing your your story and making sure that everybody understands you know the struggles sacrifices and and everything that you've gone through and your family has gone through for you to become you know a master's educated student on your way to a very successful career as a professional you know that just can't be understated so it's it's been Thanks. fantastic catching up with you my man and uh Again, we might have to make you a regular uh, contributor on the show because you know, obviously, I would love that. I love the show. I love the show. You listen to you know, listen to the three uh, three idiots talk about you know, God knows what every week. It's nice to actually talk to a to an intellectual and uh, and, and get I a good and, and get a good Coach jet. Kelly. Coach Kelly brings it all the time. <laughs> I gotta I gotta give him credit. And I'll see Coach Jet. That's my guy too. Yeah. But uh, anyways, man, we'll, we'll let you get on with the night because uh, we got a football game going on that I know both of us are kind of keeping an eye on in the background here. So um, yes, yes. honestly, man, all the best to you and all the best to your family and uh, wish you, that uh, everything, you know, comes across the table for, uh, for everybody who's looking to get into what they want. So all the best, man, and that, we'll, uh, we'll chat with you soon. Okay. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it.